friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today is that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CVC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. Man, I am always just so humbled and overwhelmed whenever I get a chance to share the pulpit, especially that of a, of a great friend. And you guys are blessed to have Pastor Josh over this house. And I just, I honor you, Josh and Faith. You guys are just, uh, you're awesome. And uh, I, don't, I don't think the city uh, knows quite what they got with you guys over here on Kennedy Street. You guys are kind of like hidden. Uh, but I think it's a good thing. I really do. I feel like you guys are like this diamond in the rough or the needle in the haystack, and but more importantly, a diamond in the rough. And um, all right, let's do this. So I just, the Lord was showing me, Josh, and as the more we just began to worship, the more I just saw pressure. The more I saw pressure, the more I saw pressure. And so the world, one of the world's greatest gemstones is a, a red diamond. Have you guys ever seen the red diamond? The red diamond is, is arguably one of the world's most precious gemstones. But to get to the red diamond, you have to go deep, deep, deep into the mines. It's really dangerous. It's really, you, very, I think there's only two in the world. I think there's only two in the world. But the Lord just began to show me, hidden on Kennedy Street is this church that is being, that, that is being, that is being tried maybe, being tested maybe, adding pressure maybe, but it's a good pressure. It's a great pressure. And, and, and you guys have no idea what you're being formed for. You have no idea what you're even being formed for. Do not be in a hurry to find the light. Stay in the dark, stay in the cave. Allow the Lord to mold you and to pressure you and to grind you. Because when you come out, when, when Central Valley Church gets the assignment and they are obedient to the assignment in the city of Madeira, I'm telling you, Josh and Faith, the, the, the gem, the jewel, the value of what's going to happen in not only these four walls but outside of them is going to be contagious. It's going to be contagious. So thank you guys so much for laboring in the place of prayer. There's a scripture in Jeremiah, right? This, I don't, I'm not even looking at notes. There's a scripture in Jeremiah that as a youth pastor, I grew up just seeing all over everyone's Letterman jacket. Do they, still, they don't wear Letterman jackets anymore. But back in the day, remember Letterman jackets. And um, it was Jeremiah 29.11, right? Says what? Come on, every mama out there is just, is just declaring it right now, right? Every mama, every mama, for I know the plan, right? But why do we stop there? We stop at verse 11, and we like pat ourselves on the back, but we forget that in verse 12, God actually commands, he says, well, then seek me in prayer. And then he talks in verse 13, he says, and then you, you got you to gotta talk to me. We got to have relationship, and 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 I'm telling you, Central Valley Church, you you are doing, you are walking that out. You have got to tap into the opportunities that that are that are before you. Get to the place of prayer. Get to the place of fasting. Join pastors and as as they as they call forth for 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 community to volunteer 
to serve, get out here, Pastor Josh, Pastor Faith. They're not doing it just because they feel like they got to fill up your bulletin with stuff to do. They're doing it because there is an assignment on them that, that we need more than ever. We need the saints to walk the streets of the city of Madera. We need the saints to fill Walmart and Perco's and, and the fairgrounds and Petco and Food for Less and La Vallarta and wherever you, whatever you go, whatever you shop. We need the saints. We cannot allow ourselves any longer to think for a moment that it is the responsibility of the God-man or the God-woman to carry forth the assignment of heaven. The song we were singing earlier what was, you know, we were to, it, it was talking about what he's famous for, right? Isn't that what we were singing? I don't know, Tracy, what he's famous for. I, there, there, was a, there was a verse I would have added. I love, that was a great song, but there's a verse. I think the one thing that God is most famous for is partnering with his creation. It's partnering with his creation in the time of crisis. It's partnering, do you know, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, when the Lord came to Jeremiah, his answer was no. No, I'm too young. I'm too this. I'm too that. He had every excuse. And then the Lord said, but I chose you. On this very stage, Pastor Del Augusta was preaching about how the Lord built his church on misfits, on people that were broken, on people that didn't look good on the outside, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't have it all together. And, I, and, I, and I'm telling you, more than ever before, this city, it needs the saints. You, you have got to partner with Papa. What is the assignment of God in your life? And don't get it twisted, family. It could be as simple as just loving your children. Like never before. It could be as simple as just opening up your home to somebody in need. It could be as simple as just sharing a meal. All right, there you go. That's Alex. God bless you, brother. I don't know you. Do I know you? I don't know. Um, it's just it's it's weird that you guys are mourning. I just, I, I'm praying with you, man. I lost my mom, young age, um, so I know what that's like. She was my rock, uh, but man, I, my barber passed away this last week, COVID. My tia passed away. I got two funerals next week I got to do, so man, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but brother, I'm with you. Love you, man. Um, I'm, I'm excited to be here. If you have your Bibles, let's go straight into 1 Samuel. I told Pastor Josh, I feel like I just want to come. I, I really want to encourage you. Can, can I just come? I just want to encourage you tonight. I just, I just want to, I want to, I, I just want to build you. As much as I would love to just pray in tongues for 45 minutes and, and let's just wait to see what happens. I really feel the urge. The Lord has just placed in my heart. I just want to come and encourage uh, CVC tonight. I, um, I'm getting ready to celebrate on August 1st, I'm getting ready to celebrate 18 years of youth ministry in this city. 18 years. Dude, that's wild. I'm going to uh, put in to have like a statue built or something. Uh, I feel like I've seen generations pass before me. You know, like uh, I'm, 
I am now in the TikTok era. <laughs> but I shouldn't be. I'm too old for that kind of stuff, man. Way too old for that kind of stuff. Uh, but I love, uh, I mean, jo Josh is right. I love this city. I love this city. And I, and I think, you know, somebody asked me once, they're like, why do you love Madeira so much? Like, what? And I, you know, I, I think it's the people. It's you. It's you I love. It, it's you. My, my, you know, I'm like ninth generation Madeiran, you know, and, and I've got, you know, I've got the white family that grew up on the west side. And then I've got the Hispanic family that grew up in Little Oki, right? My, my grandfather was a foreman out in the fields, right? Every single one of my, my tios and tias, they were picking grapes and stuff, my mom included. But they worked hard so I wouldn't have to, so I could go to college. One of the first guys to graduate college in my family, Orale Flores, right? My mom was the first of her generation to graduate college at age 54. So I come from a line of dreamers. I have, I have family. We dream big dreams. We dream lofty dreams. But then we don't settle. We go after them. And I don't know if you guys got that family where you get the one dreamer and you either do one of two things. You either go, loco. Like, you know, you're like, man, this guy, right? Or everybody gets behind that one dreamer and they say, yes, yes, go do it. That's me tonight. That's me tonight. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to, I want you to dream with me tonight. You have to promise whatever crazy idea you've ever had, you got to dream with me tonight. Because I'm going to stand up here for the next, I don't know, 25 minutes, right? I don't know. Two hours. <laughs> and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say, yes! Do it! It's biblical. I, I'm pretty sure. I'll show you why. All right. <laughs> All right. They're looking at me like, I don't think so, Charles. Here we go. First Samuel chapter 14, verse 6. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on now, let's go across to these uncircumcised pagans. Maybe, everybody say maybe, everybody say maybe, maybe God will work for us. So Jesus tonight, we just pray that you would release the maybe faith. Release a maybe faith in this house tonight. I pray that Central Valley Church would be a church that encourages, that equips, that disciples, that instills into the hearts of people that you are valued by the kingdom of heaven and sent for, to this earth for such a time as this. Amen. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting older as much as I don't want to, and I've come to realize that you learn to give up your need for certainty and, and you sort of gain a confidence that is independent of circumstances. You sort of just live life and, and not just, um, I don't know, and, 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 not just, and not just allow, uh, allow things to, to totally like flip your life upside down. Case in point. So my wife and I, we adopted a girl at age 16 
and she's now at UCLA. She's a grad student. She uh, uh, is doing amazing things. We're, we're, we're proud of her. Um, but I remember going through the young adult age with her, 19 through 21, and I, I miss that age because amongst everything that I had to do as a, as a husband and a father and a pastor, there was my 21-year-old freaking out about somebody not texting back. Right? Remember when that's all you had to worry about was somebody not calling you back or, or, or just something simple? I mean, she would freak out. I mean, she'd be stressed out. You would think, you would think that she was being evicted, got fired, her, her car broke down, uh, 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 like all these things happened in just that day. And she's just pacing around, stressed out, stressing me out. I'm like, Rudy, what is going on? <sighs> I'm just waiting for this phone call. I just, I can't believe, I'm just waiting for this. I can't believe. So I've come to learn that the older I get, I, I, I don't have this need for certainty. Like, like, you know, young people, they have a need for certainty. They have to know. They have to know. They have to know. I don't have this need for certainty anymore. And I don't know if that's because I've matured in the Lord. But more importantly, I, I just sort of, I'm, I'm at this season of life where I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy when I got a lot. I'm happy when I don't have a lot. I'm happy because mainly I'm breathing and I got Jesus. I'm breathing and I got Jesus. And if anything, this, this pandemic that, that, that's, pro, that, that's, what I, that's all I needed. As long as I got Jesus, anything else can happen. A anything else can happen. And so I started reading this passage, and, and the more I read it, the more I remembered how much I love to preach it. And I just find so much confidence reading this passage, and yet I see it with, with all the insecurities that are found in this passage. Do you, have you guys ever read this story before? You guys, do you guys have, is this new to anybody? So you're going to have a good time tonight um, because in this story, you, you come to realize that, that faith isn't a formula. Faith, faith is not a formula that, that a church has figured out or a generation has figured out, and then, and then we put it up on the karaoke screen, and then you guys write it down, and then you go home, and you operate within this formula, and, and you get faith. faith there, there is no formula to faith. And, and so I, 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 I read this passage, and it, and it makes me want to grow my faith even bigger. Because I want the faith that people have when nothing is going good. When absolutely nothing is going great, when nothing is going good, I want to have the faith not just to say, you know, God is good, you know. But I want to have like hardcore faith. Like I want to be able to look at my wife and look at my kids right in the eyes and say, we will be okay. We will be okay. We will be okay. I know there's not a lot of money. I know there's not a lot of food. I know there's not a lot of whatever. I want to be able to say, we will be okay. And then I, I want somebody to say, how can you be so sure? And then I want to be able to say, because greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. And if he can supply for the birds and the beasts of the fields, he is going to take care of me, his son, his chosen one. 
because I have said yes to him and I pursue him more than I pursue what I don't have on this earth. And so I'm, I'm like, all right, Lord, here we go. So he shows me this passage again. So in this passage, let's set it up. We've got a king and his son. Now Saul is king over all of Israel. The thing is about Saul in this situation is he's really lost his way. Saul is not a, a righteous man. He is not a holy man. He is still king. But the Lord left him. If you go back and read in 1 Samuel, Saul decided he was going to do things on his own and not wait for the Lord. He thought he knew what to do. And then the Lord rebuked him. And then Saul kept doing it. And then the Lord rebuked him again. And then Saul kept doing it. And then finally the Lord said, I am removing my anointing. I am removing myself from Saul. He is no longer a holy man. But he remained king. Woe to the one who keeps their position but loses their anointing. Would you rather have a platform and no anointing? Or all anointing and no platform. Saul would actually remain king. He would remain king until the day he takes his own life. That was the promise of the Lord. The Lord keeps his promises, doesn't he? He made, he, he made him king. And he kept his word. Until the day he died. So Saul has lost his way. Saul's messing up. And since really Samson, there's this group of people called the Philistines. And the Philistines have kind of been messing with Israel. Samson came in and he did an okay job, but he didn't really protect Israel. So the Philistines are like bullying Israel. They're taking over, right? And actually at this moment in, in where we find the army of Israel facing the Philistines, the Philistines have actually captured every blacksmith within like 100 miles or something. So there's no one to sharpen the swords or the or the or the arm or take care of the armor of the people of Israel. They have to like sneak into Philistine land and, and secretly get their weapons taken care of from blacksmiths who have been taken captive by the Philistines. Anyway, that's a little side story. But so so Saul was unable to continue the deliverance, if you will, of the people of Israel. He, he's not doing a good job of being king. He's he's unholy, he's unrighteous, and he's not even protecting the people of Israel. Boo, right? Recall, whatever you want to say. So rather than be in this deep, intimate relationship with the Lord, Saul actually begins to manipulate his relationship to get whatever he wants. He loses the ability to hear the voice of God completely on his own. And with that, he loses time. He wastes energy. And more importantly, he's wasting resources. It's not looking good for Israel. This is a tough situation. Chapter 13, chapter 14 of 1 Samuel. So Saul is losing that ability, and, and he's now surrounded by his enemies. How many of you guys know, once you go out on your own, and the Lord has removed himself from you, that's, that's a dangerous place. Saul is now surrounded by his enemies. That's scary. To me. I would much rather just be in a fight with him. He's not even fighting his enemies yet. They're just surrounding him. 
We're not even fighting yet. I would much rather just be fighting. Let me know what I'm dealing with here. No, no, no. They just surrounded him. And at any time, we'll take you out. Oh, Jesus. All right, let's look at chapter 13. And uh, let's go into, let's read verse 23, just so we can get some context. Pastor Josh, I know you guys like that kind of stuff around here. So a patrol of Philistines took up the position and at, at, at Michmash Pass. And then let's look at, uh, let's, let's keep going, chapter 14. I'm in the message, so bear with me. Later that day, Jonathan, Saul's son, says to his armor bearer, hey, come on, let's go over there where the Philistines are. I see the patrol on the other side of the pass. But he didn't tell his father. Family, we've got to be careful. Some of you in this room might say, ooh, that was a bad move, Jonathan. Let me tell you something. I, we have to be careful who we talk to about what God is doing inside of us. I'm going to say that again. You have to know who you are confiding in when you begin to share the secrets of heaven with somebody else. Because if the somebody you're not, if the somebody you are sharing the secret of heaven with or the revelation of love with or the revelation of God with, if the person that I am sharing that with is not in a place to receive it or not in a place to nurture it or not in a place to, 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 to protect it or protect me, they will kill it. Man, I'm sorry. I, I thought that would land a little softer. I'll never forget, I, I, as a youth pastor, I would do this exercise where I would just have kids blurt out what they were dreaming. If you could do, this was the question I'd always ask to visitors. <laughs> if money wasn't a problem, here, let's do it. What's your name? Yep. Joseph? Cool. If money wasn't a problem, all the money in the world, and failure, you, kn you could not fail. Success was, that, that is guaranteed, okay? What would you do with your life? You don't know? So one kid, I, I would ask that to all of our teenage visitors. Every, every, what, what would you do? Some kid said, man, I would become a doctor. I would da-da-da, I would blah-blah-blah, blah-blah-blah. And one, I'll never forget this. One kid sort of in the back, he's, he was trying to be too cool, and I, and I actually got him to answer. I was impressed. He said, I'd be a rapper. And everybody started laughing. Everybody started laughing. And so I'm just, you know, I'm like, that's awesome. I said, can you rap? Is it going to be important? And he said, yeah. I said, would you do it right now? He said, no. And then he got up and left. I was like, dang. The next morning, he calls me. He says, Pastor Charles, this is blah, blah, blah. I visited your youth group last night. I said, yeah, I know you're at. He said, can we meet at McDonald's for, for a milkshake over by uh, Tozier? I said, sure, no problem. So we met there after school. And I said, man, what's going on? He said, remember when you asked me what I wanted to do if I could never fail and money was it? I said, yeah. And he said, I said I wanted to be a rapper. I said, yeah. He said, everybody laughed. I said, yeah. He goes, how come you didn't laugh? I said, did you want me to laugh? He said, well, everybody else was laughing. He goes, everybody always laughs. I said, everybody? He goes, yeah. I said, the mom, dad? He goes, yeah. 
Yeah, my grandpa's, yeah. Uncles, yeah. I said, are you serious, though? He goes, yeah. And then he showed me. He showed me he, he had this old school iPod and all, this, all these songs that were him. I was like, dang. I said, can I listen to it? He goes, nah, none of them are him. Which I understand, you know, hey, he was visiting youth group. It was his first time. He goes, everybody laughed but you. How come you didn't laugh? I said, well, because I think you can do it. He goes, you really think I could do it? I said, why shouldn't I? And then he leaned back in his chair. He goes, I want Jesus. I said, what? He goes, I want what you got. He said, I want Jesus. I said, let's get saved right here. I said, at McDonald's? He goes, yes. I said, let's do it then. Let's do it. And he's still walking with the Lord. We, we have to know who we're sharing these dreams with. Come on. I want you to think about the dream that you shared with somebody, and they said, <laughs> no. Do you know how many kids I talk to that they share the dream with their parents? And you know what parents always say? That's good. What's plan B? What if there is no plan B, mom and dad? I've got parents that want their kid to be the starting quarterback. I've got parents that want their kid to be the starting pitcher. I got kids that want their, par their parents that want their kids to be the doctor, the surgeon, the pediatrician, the X, Y, Z. But none of them come up to me and say, Charles, how does my kid become the, the, the head usher? How does my kid become the leader in the prayer team? How does my kid become the missionary? How does my kid become the worship leader? How does my kid become the pastor? How does my kid become? You tell me why. And I'm not, I'm not knocking it, and I'm not trying to kick a parent down. I'm just saying we have to be careful who we share our God dreams with, even if they're mom and dad sometimes, because even mom and dad don't know how to sometimes harbor or hold or nurture the God dream. I want you to think, everybody in here, you've got to have that story. When did you share an idea with somebody and they shot it down faster than you could share it with them? It could have been years ago. It could have been weeks ago. It could have been centuries ago. But I want you to think about that. Because tonight, somebody's got to get delivered of that. There is a spirit of unforgiveness and a bitterness in somebody tonight. I know I'm preaching at somebody tonight. Because we've got a dream, saints. We have to dream because there is a city out there of, 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 of dreamless kids. And that's really why I stay in Madeira. That's really why I stay in Madeira. Because I think Madeira is the greatest launch pad that California and the United States has ever seen. I can get to an airport in San Francisco. I can get to Los Angeles. I can get to, you know, in, 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 like that that let's keep let's see what happens though in the story okay so he doesn't tell his dad all right that that's no problem that that's not a big deal right just for now verse four verse four well let, let me uh yeah verse four the the pass that jonathan was planning to cross over to the philistine garrison it was flanked on both sides okay so imagine he's going through a pass on on both sides it's flanked by, by sharp rock outcroppings and the cliffs, one was named Boses and the other was named Sene. And the cliff north faced Michmash, 
that cliff to the south faced Gebia. Do you guys know, this is probably, does anybody want to take a guess at what Bozes means? Bozes, here goes Jonathan in, in in his armor bearer. Bozes on one side. Bozes means slippery. And then, and then on the other side, what was it? It was sene. Sene on the other side means thorny. Jonathan is passing through on his way. The only way to get to the place where he wants to get to is he has to go up the thorny way or the slippery way. The only way Jonathan is going to get to where he needs to go, he has to go through something slippery or something thorny. Nobody promised it would be easy, huh, family? <laughs> Did anybody go to that church camp where the God man or woman stood on the platform and promised you, give your heart to Jesus and it's going to be so easy the rest of your life? Shikarababa, no pain, no worry, no. I can't find that scripture anywhere. I found the scripture that said no weapon formed against you will prosper, but it never says it won't be used. It never says that the weapon won't be fired. It never says that the weapon won't be used. It just says it won't work. It's not going to take you out. It might leave a nick. It might need a scar. It might leave a whatever, but it won't take you out. That's what I read. The good news, the good news is that we get to endure but not alone, but not alone. So Jonathan, he's getting ready to go into this place that he hasn't told his dad about. He wants to get to these Philistines, but in order to get there, he has to go through something slippery and he has to go through something thorny. Just because I'm in an uncertain place doesn't mean that I don't have a certain purpose. Just because I'm in a place that doesn't look like what I thought it should look like, that doesn't look good and perfect, and there isn't some big, like, holy cloud that goes, and it looks weird, and it looks thorny, and it looks slippery, and it looks dark, and it looks scurry, and it looks hard. And I go, "This, this is not of the Lord. No, no, no. Just because you're in an uncertain place doesn't mean that you're not there for purpose. You can be exactly where you're supposed to be. The problem is it doesn't look like the way you want it to look like. That's all right. All right, let's keep reading. Are you guys with me? This is a good story, huh? All right, so verse 6, here we go. Jonathan says to his armor bearer, really quick, everybody knows what an armor bearer is, correct? Everybody knows? Back in the day, day, back in the day, day, right, when they're fighting wars and all this kind of stuff. Jonathan was a prince, right? Gion. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> he was strong. He was buff. But they're, they're, they would have somebody carry all their weapons, carry the bow, carry the staff, carry the arrows, carry they, they would They would serve the prince. He served the, the, the general. He would serve. He, he was, he was his, his, his right-hand man. He was his guy. But his hands were full all the time with stuff. Are, are you guys tracking? Okay, cool. So here we go, verse 6. Jonathan says to his armor bearer, come on now. 
let's go across to these uncircumcised pagans. And then we said all together, what did we say together? Maybe, say it again. Maybe God will work for us. There's no rule that says God only deliver by using a big army. No one can stop God from saving when he sets his mind to it. Maybe. Man, did somebody, did anybody circle that in their Bible right now? Did somebody underline that? Am I the only one that has this thing highlighted right now? Maybe. Maybe your Bible says perhaps. Perhaps. Maybe. You want to know what word my kids hate to hear? What word? Uh-uh, no. My kids hate to hear no. You see, I come from a family where your yes is yes and your no is no. But every now and then, dad can't handle it. I get weak. So just to shut them up, I'll throw out a maybe. My kids love maybe. For a while, my, my six-year-old, Roger, who's the oldest, he would say, Dad, what does that mean? And I said, it doesn't mean no, but it doesn't mean yes. It means it could happen. And he goes, oh. And then he goes and explains it to the five-year-old, and now they're happy. They hate to hear no. They know no. They don't want to hear no. They love yes. But they've learned to like maybe. My five-year-old has learned to like it so much that if you tell him maybe, the next thing out of his mouth is, Mom, you're so beautiful. I can't, I'm not kidding. I can't make this up. Come on, church. You love maybe. You love maybe. Nobody wants to come to this altar, snot and cry, and then hear the Lord say, No. Come on, single ladies. You don't want to hear the Lord say, mm -mm, no, him, no. You want the Lord, you want the Lord to repeat what you said. I can change him. He's so good. He doesn't, I can change him. He's different. He's different, okay? This is the, he, I can change him. No. We all love maybe. We all love maybe. Sometimes, though, sometimes, though, when we hear maybe, it's, it's not when we want to hear it. Perhaps. Perhaps. This is a word that gives me hope. Does it not give you hope a little bit? Come on. Perhaps. I want you to take what it is you are contending for from the Lord right now. I want you to take that. And seriously, right now, I want you to put the maybe in front of it. Maybe. You're like, oh, snap. thinking about selling my house and getting something out and, blah, 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 and then when it refinancing and blah, 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 I think that would put us in a better position Lord what do you think yeah I think so perhaps <gasps> perhaps really this could happen yeah I love this word even while I'm making progress and have a great faith there are moments when I have great fear 
even when I'm making progress and I have great faith, there are moments when I have great fear. You got to remember, Jonathan has this urge in him that was definitely the Lord because no one man goes on and takes on another army with just his armor bearer. He gets this wild idea that he's going to go one on 30, one on 40 with the enemy. And to get there, he has to go up something slippery and thorny. And his response to his armor bearer is he looks up that thorny cliff and that slippery cliff, and he says, you know what? Let's go get those uncircumcised fools, which is trash talk for Bible time. That's, that's, you call somebody uncircumcised, that's, you might as well say your mama or something. And he's looking at him, and just to, just to keep his armor bearer, and maybe even himself, from freaking out, he goes, maybe today's the day the Lord helps us win. Right? was it today 101 could you imagine being on the side of the road your car breaks down you have your whole family in the car with groceries and your husband gets out and pops open the the hood because that's what all men do just so it, i you know i think i do it so my wife can't really see what i'm doing because i'm back there going jesus you poor lady right but your husband pops open the hood it's hot your kids are going why are we stopped what's going on you're like shh Dad's going to fix it. And then you lean out the window. What do you think? Should I call someone? Nah, maybe I can fix it. I don't know a wife in America that ain't calling somebody already. Because maybe don't cut it. Maybe don't cut it. I don't, I don't live with maybe. I need somebody that can fix this now. I don't know why, but maybe cut it at this moment. Maybe cut it. All right, let's see what happens next. Verse four, uh, verse seven, Jonathan says, maybe. Guess what the armor bearer's response is? I love this. This is my favorite part. Look at verse seven. Come on. His armor bearer said, what does he say? What does he say? Come on, then. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The scripture up there says, do as you wish. What is in your heart? Nobody talks like that. My Bible says, go ahead then. More importantly, it says, I'm with you all the way. Who's got that friend? Ooh, who's got that friend? Ooh, who's got that cousin? Who's got that sister? Who's got that brother? Who's got that dad? Who's got that mom? Who's got that partner? Who's got that spouse? Who's got, come on then. Come on then. I'm with you all the way with your crazy dream. It's thorny. It's slippery. And you're, the best thing you can tell me is maybe God is going to help us. Let's go then. That's good enough for me. Sell it all. Sell it all. I'm with you. Get in the car. Isn't that what the disciples did? They had some maybe faith. They had some maybe faith. Come on then. Now, what? 
sometimes, sometimes you just need, you need somebody who's got your back. But you've got to remember, Jonathan left an army of people, including his dad, the king, to go with this one person. Now, you think he would have, like, even just tossed out the idea to some of the homies that could really fight, right? You'd have thought, but he didn't. He only trusted his armor bearer. you actually look at that story and, and you go back into chapter 13, you'll actually see that the priests, the king, and all the, the head people of the army, they were scared. They, they were in fear. They didn't know what to do. That's why they stopped where they were, to take camp and to try to figure out what we're going to do next. Because remember, their leader was not hearing from the Lord. So they had to figure this out on their own. There was no strategies. Scary, right? You know, what was, you know what breaks my heart is that everybody that should have been with Jonathan wasn't there because they were, so, they were so covered with fear. Some of you might be there right now. Some of you are in church on a Wednesday night by yourself because the people that should be here with you, they are surrounded by fear. They're surrounded by grief. They're surrounded by doubt. They're surrounded by unforgiveness. They're surrounded by bitterness. And that's not fair. And I'm sorry you have to endure that for just this season. But I'm praying with you that that fear would be loosened, that that would break off, and that the person who should be sitting next to you right now, next week, will be sitting next to you. But Jonathan, the people that should have been, so he had the homie. Beloved, this, this is why community is so important. I'm sorry. If you are in the philosophy or the camp that going to church once every six months, and I can say this because this ain't my church. If you are in the, in the philosophy that going to church one Sunday every six weeks is going to cut it, it's not. Because the Bible talks about that the enemy, he dresses like a, like a, like, like a lamb. But he's a wolf dressed as a lamb. And do you want to know who predators prey on? Predators prey on the ones that are weak and alone, away from the pack. And it's why we're seeing families fall apart. It's why we're seeing divorces shoot up. It's why we're seeing suicides shoot up. You can blame COVID all you want. I am blaming the weak one that will just not repent and know that Jesus is full of grace and mercy, and he's saying, just like Josh said tonight, come to me, weary and broken, come to me. You need community. You need community. Fellas, if you, if you are doing this all alone, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it. You need a homie. You need a fella. Ladies, quit gossiping and find a sister that's got your back and doesn't just want to talk trash. Because you are setting examples for another generation. You want to know why your kids, all they want to do is play their games? Because that's where they meet their friends. I don't got time to get into it, huh, Sammy? I don't got time to get into it. 
That's where they're meeting their friends. That's crazy. They're not meeting people. Yes, they are. I guarantee you, your, your children have more acquaintances online than they have at school. And they're talking about stuff. They're talking about real stuff. Your child is being discipled through chat rooms on their video game. And you don't like it? Good. Then show him how you hang out with your friends. Show your son what it looks like for a grown man to hang out with other grown men. That's a friendly rebuke from your neighborhood Charles. Okay. All right. <laughs> Don't you love when other pastors come in? All right. So let's get back to the story. Let's hurry, hurry. Let's get back to the story. Let's see what happens. Now listen. Uh, <laughs> So Jonathan is he's, he's he's reassured, he's reassured his 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 armor bearer. His armor bearer says, "I'm with you. Let's go." So let's look at verse thirteen. All right, verse thirteen. Now, Jonathan shouted to his armor bearer, "Follow me!" Look at this. So Jonathan climbed up on his hands and feet, and his armor bearer climbed after him. And after they fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer killed all the Philistines. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? But before they could do that, before they could do that, let's look at, let's go back just, I wanted to read that part because I wanted to go back to this part. I did this on purpose. So you know they win. But look at this. Look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. Look at Jonathan's strategy. Now, I'm anybody f- military man in here, woman, any military? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your service. I'm not good at this kind of stuff. I'm not a strategist. I'm not a war guy. I, I don't. Tell me. Tell me if this is a good idea. Verse 8. Jonathan said, Here's what we'll do. He's looking at his armor bearer. All right, you're with me? Yeah, let's go. All right, here we go. Here's what we'll do. Remember, like, drawing out a play in the football? Okay, check it out. You're going to go this way and then turn left, and then you're going to go across. I'm like, whoa. Here's what they do. Jonathan says, check it out. Here's what we'll do. We'll cross over the pass and let the men see where we're at. not a military guy there, there's a there's a garrison there's 20 30 40 50 philistines up on top of a cliff up on top so they've already got the better position if you will there is jonathan there's two jonathan and his armor bear. Jonathan has this incredible idea, right? All right. Maybe God will help us. Yes. Come on, I'm with you. So he's got, he's got his armor bearer all hyped up. Yes. Yes. Maybe. I'm with you. Let's do it. And then Jonathan says, Psst, okay, come here. Come here. Shh. Let's go out there and let him see us. And then we'll get him by surprise. 
How is this a winning? How is this a winning strategy? Did we mention that they got to climb still? Did we mention that they have to climb something slippery and something thorny still? Oh, this has got to be a God thing. We got to keep reading. Let's see. All right. If they tell us, stop, don't move until we check you guys out, then, then we'll stay put and we will not go up to them. But if they tell us, come on up, then we will climb right up and then we will know that God has given them to us. This will be our sign. <laughs> oh, okay, verse 11. So they did it. <coughs> Two of them. They did it. It says here, they stepped into the open where they could be seen by the Philistines, and the Philistines shouted to them, Who are you? Then they told each other, Look, look at these Hebrews. They're starting to come out of their holes. Ha, ha, ha. Yuck, 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 yuck. Verse 12. Then they yelled down to Jonathan and his armor bearer. Hey, come on up here. We'll show you a thing or two. Ha, ha, ha. Yuck, 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 Right? Because there's like 40 of them. There's Jonathan. <laughs> and then we read in verse 13 what happened next. I love this story because it reminds me of so many different things. Why did Jonathan expose himself? I don't know. I like to think it's because the victory comes within our vulnerability. You know how many times I've been praying with couples or families or individuals we're believing for a miracle. And I have to look at them in the eye after months or weeks of laboring, and I have to say, you know what? I got to stop praying. And they say, oh, Pastor Charles, why? And they're crying, ah, why? I say, because you're just not being honest. There's no vulnerability. There's some unforgiveness. There's some this. The Holy Spirit's showing me. And then they really start crying. And there's deliverance, and then we can continue. You know what I mean? Like, Jonathan has to expose himself because he has to show us that, look, there, victory requires this vulnerability. And Jonathan begins to climb. Jonathan's climbing, and he's probably slipping. He's probably hitting a thorn. And remember, he's climbing up to go fight. So now he's going to be tired from climbing, and he still has to fight. You can read how bloody the fight got. But Jonathan still wins. Was this a courageous fight, you think? Do you think Jonathan is courageous? I, I, I think this. The value is on the courage to actually act on the impulse more than it was what he actually did. In other words, he became courageous the moment he started continuing the path that he took. Have you ever been in a situation where, let's come on, we're family, where you see somebody get blessed, where you see somebody live life, and you go, I could have done that. I could have done that. Big deal. So special. 
I could have done that. Yeah, but you didn't. But you didn't. Oh, so many times, man, I run in. I'm, I'm, we have a hard time in our youth culture celebrating victories. Like when a kid gets a, a license, you know. I got my license today. And then there's always that one kid that's like, so I'll get mine like next week. And then there's Pastor Charles to say, yeah, but you don't have one now. And what if you fail the test? You know, like, where you build me up, Pastor Charles? But I'm saying, family, I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't want to be a part of a church that is the church body that says, yeah, I could have done that. Yeah, big deal. Yeah, I could have done that. I could have gone on a mission trip. Yeah, I could have went down to America. Yeah, I could have done that. Yeah, I could have. I could have been a preacher. I could have been a worship leader. I could have done that. But you didn't. But you're not. So why not start now? So what's stopping you from starting right now? Right now. I could have went to college. Big deal. Well, you didn't. But you could. Right now. Right now. Man, I hate. I wish I could work for myself. Do it. Do it right now. Oh, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of this. It's a lot of that. Oh, you mean it's slippery and thorny? Well, pfft. so if I want to start my own business, can you, can you like assure me that I'm going to like be able to take care of my family and stuff? Maybe. Maybe. I'll give you a maybe. Maybe the Lord, maybe the Lord will bless this dream. Uh-oh. Now you have to what? You have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. You need some maybe faith. And you have to decide if maybe faith is enough faith for you. But you cannot be mad if you choose not to. And what could have been? I don't know what could have been. Do you know this was a turning point in the war? You'd have to read the whole thing and go through all the, you know, chronological battles and all that. The hard part isn't thinking about it. You want to know what the hard part is? Doing it. You know why? Because the difference between people who do stuff and the people who don't do stuff is that the people who do stuff do stuff. I could have done that. Yeah, well, man, I wish Pastor Josh would do this and this and this. He is when you say yes. You see, the dream is inside of you. The vision for the ministry is inside of you. Bring it to your pastor. Allow him to disciple you through it. And then maybe you start it. And now the thing that you were griping or wishing would start at CVC gets started because you said yes. You said yes. Well, I don't have an armor bearer. No, you got a pastor. And he's going to say, come on, let's go. Well, what if nobody shows up to my barbecue? Maybe. Maybe they will. Maybe your barbecue will, will, will impact your neighborhood. Maybe your whole neighborhood can say, maybe the, maybe the missionaries won't stop at CVC next time they come through. They'll come to your neighborhood. And maybe the people that were dunking won't be people that are coming to a church, but it's going to be people coming thinking they were just going to get a barbecue from you. 
You see how it all just like begins to unfold? This is how I dream. When a girl told me I want to be a doctor, I was like, you don't want to just be a doctor. You want to be a doctor that's rich. So when you get the money, you can begin to build hospitals that will take in orphans and people that are older and nations that don't have the Medi-Cal or the Medicare that we have in our nation. And children can get vaccinated and old people can get taken care of. And you will be the doctor that oversees all these hospitals. Like, How do you see all that? It's because in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, the Bible says that God dreams bigger than you dream. God actually wants you to achieve your dreams more so than you want to achieve them. The problem is, is we've got too many people that are waiting and they're seeing the cliffs that are slippery and thorny and they're not happy with maybe. They want a for sure thing. I gotta know. Okay, well, check this out. What if I told you Jonathan had a way of knowing? Not, it's not necessarily what Jonathan did, but it's what those who were supposed to be leading didn't do. Look at, look at chapter 14, verse 2. Look at chapter 14, verse 2, really quick. And then, and then we'll, we'll, we'll close this out. Saul was staying on the outskirts. And, he, and he's, hanging out, he's hanging out in this cave. And the people that were with him were about 600 men. But also with him were the priests. Okay. Also with them were the priests. Now, what makes this so interesting is the priests, according to the scripture, were wearing this thing called an ephod. Does anyone know what the ephod is? Oh, this is a good Bible study. Shikarababa. All right, cool. So, so the ephod for all those, you know, good Bible school kids. Right? <laughs> Did you have to write a paper on this too? Uh, the ephod is, is what the priests had around their neck, and it would hold the Urim and the, and the, the Mimim. Right? They were two stones. They're these stones. Or, you know, I don't know any Avenger fans out there, but any two stones. Okay? And and the ephod was always worn by the high priest. And and, and his breastplate were these two stones, the Urim and, 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 and the Thurim. So so each there, there was twelve of these stones, and each one represented a tribe. The tribe of Israel, okay? And and the tribes and, and, and if, you're, if you're like, Charles, you're making this up. Look at uh, Exodus. Look in Exodus chapter 28, and it'll talk about the, the, the breastplate of judgment. And they would use it, in, in Exodus 28 verse 30, it says they would use it to make decisions. That's what the Bible says. They would use it to make decisions. And, and so the, the Urim or the Thurim, it, they would pray about a situation, and if the Lord was, was saying yes to do it or, 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 or giving permission, it, it, would, it would heat up. It would heat up. The stone would heat up and light up. And, and then the priest would know, this is good. Let, let's move forward, right? All Jonathan had to do as the prince of Israel was go to the high priest and request that the high priest talk to the Lord on his behalf about this idea that he has in his, in his heart. What is the Lord saying about us going after these Philistines? But he doesn't. So the whole time Israel had the, these really cool things, these really cool tools that they needed to hear from the Lord, but they never used them. You ever have everything you need to be successful, but you don't use it? You ever, you ever have everything you need to get the job done, but the job remains unfinished? 
You ever have the tools you've ever needed to accomplish the goal you've ever set before you, but the goal remains unaccomplished? It's a good thing Jonathan had the right person. He had the tools. He had the tools. He could have went to the God-man and said, what does the Lord say? But instead of going to the Lord, Jonathan just went to his friend. You're like, man, are you telling me, Pastor, that I shouldn't go to the Lord, that I should just go to my friend? I'm saying it's 50-50 because I trust that the friend you're going to goes to the Lord. That's what I'm trusting. I'm trusting you're not calling up a friend and saying, hey, bro, meet me at Burrito King really quick. Let's toss back a few, and then I'm going to share this revelation of life. I want you to go to a God man, go to a friend and say, man, this is burning in my heart. I can't sleep at night. The Lord is showing me this. And then I want your friend to say, come on, I'm with you. How much do you need? That's a friend. That's a friend. That's a friend. My wife, my wife is an interior designer. She, she went to school. We are in, she was, she's in student debt for, for years. She gets her interior design degree, and, and, and the year after she graduates, she starts going to all these different uh, interior design places and looking for jobs, saying, hire me, hire me. Here's my, here's my resume. Here's my diploma. Hire me. And they all said, nope, you don't have enough experience. She's like, no, kidding. I've been in school this whole time. I need you to hire me so I can get experience. But nobody would hire her all the way, all the way to L.A., from, from here to L.A. Nobody would hire her. So she kept, so she started waitressing at Outback. I'm pastoring at the time. I pick up two other jobs. So between the two of us, we're working four jobs. Okay? We're working four jobs. Then we decide we're going to have a baby. And she goes, well, I have to quit to have this baby. I'm like, yeah, I know. No problem. So we make it. We make it happen, right? Come on, family. You just make it happen, don't you? You figure it out. We make it happen. My wife, we didn't get pregnant again, <laughs> unexpectedly. <laughs> it was a beautiful, beautiful oops. So now she's like, well, do I go back to work? I was like, no, no, stay home. We'll figure this out. Well, six years go by, and she's like, I feel like I got to contribute. I'm tired of watching you. I'm, I'm not home that much. I'm not home that much. I'm still working three jobs, you know. But praise God, we got a house, we got cars that work, we got food. Like, I'm okay. I'm okay. She's like, no, I want you home. He's like, well, there's only one way that happens. She goes, well, what if I started working for myself out of the home? Like, I have no idea what that looks like. We, we don't know. I'm not a business guy. She's not a bit. All she does is she's an interior designer. So we start looking up how, how much it costs to get an LLC and how much it costs to do all that. And we're like, oh, my gosh. And the permits and the fees and the this and the that. And then it turns out she needs this license. It's called an NCDIQ, which is like the bar exam for interior designers in California, which costs $2,000 to take. Okay. So we do it. We shell it out. And she goes, this is a lot of money. I said, I would rather invest in you than anybody else. So she's crying. Okay, let's do it. She fails her tests. 
She's done. It's too thorny. It's too slippery. She's turning around and going the other way. But I was her armor bearer. And I said, no, stop. Keep going. And I quit one of my jobs. So now I'm only working two jobs. She goes, why did you quit? I said, to show you. We're going to do this. She found out about two months ago she passed her NCDIQ. I'm telling you, all through COVID, all through COVID, we, her business has boomed. Boomed. It's been just incredible. We have no idea why, other than the fact that maybe, maybe the Lord is. And when she shared her dream with me, I didn't laugh and say, no, baby, you can't do that. That's, that's crazy. I just said, okay, sure, let's do it. I don't know what that looks like. And I'm her number one fan. I'm her number one fan. I'm like, come on, girl. Allow me to quit all my jobs. I'll stay at home. <laughs> right? Come on. That golf course, it looks good. God won't reveal truth if I don't move towards it. Experience is, is the friend of wisdom. Amen. It is. Experience is the friend of wisdom, but it can also be the enemy of your faith. You got to make sure who you're sharing your God revelation with isn't to somebody who's going to give you their experience. Unless it's somebody you trust and you know has counseled with the Holy Spirit. And even then, even then, you should take that counsel and you should pray through it. If it doesn't sit right with you, say, man, I don't know if this was the Lord, but I trust this brother. I trust this sister so much with my secrets, with, with my dreams, with my goals. Maybe faith. Maybe moments. You see, Jonathan shouldn't have been climbing those cliffs by himself, should he? He should have had more people with him, right? You ever feel like in the faith you're the only one climbing? I'm here to tell you some cliffs you're only supposed to climb by yourself. And the bitterness you, you harbor towards the ones who aren't climbing with you that needs to be released and given to the Lord. The anger that you have because nobody else is sharing your God revelation or your God dream, that needs to be released and given to the Lord. Some of you might feel like you've been climbing that cliff for too long. I'm telling you, it's probably because you think you shouldn't be climbing it alone. And you hold bitterness towards the one who's not climbing it with you. What if I told you if you were to release that bitterness, you would experience the victory at the top of the mountain and the person that should have been climbing with you will see the victory and will join you on the top of the mountain. I would much rather have a beloved, loved one, family or friend, join me in the place of victory if I knew it was going to impact their lives eternally than not join me at all. And then get into the throne room 
only to have my Savior say, God, why don't you forgive? Maybe faith. You want to know what maybe faith is? It's enough faith to do it and not know the conclusion if you just trust God in the process. Who needs some maybe faith tonight? Let's stand. We need some maybe faith in this room. Because we've all had maybe moments. I know I've had plenty of maybe moments. But what if it doesn't work? Or what if this doesn't go the way I thought? Or man, maybe moments are supposed to be messy. Maybe moments aren't supposed to look perfect. Maybe moments aren't supposed to be all holy and, 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 and this, this. Maybe moments can be a, a mess. I would much rather have so many maybe moments that are messy than some fake looking whatever that doesn't work. Remember, there's no faith formula, family. There's no faith formula. Jesus, tonight, I want to encourage this house. Jesus, tonight, I want to be the armor bearer. I want to be the guy that's, that might just pastor a church from down the road. But I'm here to say, you guys can do it, CBC. You can do it, pastor. You can do it. You can do it. Go and invade neighborhoods. Go and invade schools. Go and invade job spaces. Go and start ministries. Go and endure. Begin to usher in a revival and a transformation into the city of Madeira. Come on, you can do it. You can do it, but it has to start with you. It has to start in your heart. It has to start in your house. Where is the altar in your house? Pastor Josh invited you to the altar in CVC, but where's the altar at your house? Where's the place that the children watch mom and dad groan? I watched my mom for hours cry and groan in the living room. She was my armor bearer. When I would have a crazy idea, she would say, let's go and do it then. Father, I pray that you would release more armor bearers in this room. Release more friends. Release more, more people into others' lives. Release brothers. Release sisters, God. Release community like never before. We need it. We need the local church that will embrace whoever walks through our doors. Release the dreamers tonight, God. The crazy ideas. The wild ideas. Release the ones that don't remember how to dream. Come on.
never too old. I always pray for Kentucky Fried Chicken today. Colonel Sanders was 67 years old when he started KFC. I believe there's one on every continent and a gas station. Come on, what are you dreaming tonight? If that's you, if that's you tonight, I want you just to take a minute. If that's you tonight with that bitterness, with that unforgiveness, can you just, right where you're at, just repent. Say, Lord, remove it from my heart. Lord, remove it from my heart. Father, forgive me for holding this on somebody. Would you just forgive me, God? dream again family it's time to go after it God bless you guys thanks for listening to this message to hear more messages like this one be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes if you like what you're hearing be sure to rate it and share it with your friends and help us out a lot if you're interested in supporting the ministry of Sweet Valley Church go to CBC Church Center.